Hey guys, welcome to Thank God's Fantasy Football. This is the Week 10 Running Back Matchup Preview. Before we jump into the episode, I want to touch base with who won the viewer question of the episode. That goes out to Brianna Baxter. Of course, the question was, which quarterback in Week 9 led the league in air yards per reception? That was Justin Fields with almost 18 yards per reception. That leads us to this week's question, who is the Saints' all-time rushing leader? Make sure that you leave your answer either in the YouTube comments, on the Instagram page, or give us a review with the podcast. Thank you so much and good luck. Now we're going to dive right into the Thursday night game, so hopefully you pick this up Thursday morning. Ravens versus Miami. The Ravens have the fifth best rushing defense with 92 yards against per game, while Miami's kind of middle of the pack. Latavius Murray is not expected to be playing, so it's going to be the Devonta Freeman and Le'Veon Bell for the Ravens. They're basically splitting this backfield 50-50. Devonta had 13 carries, Le'Veon had 11. Neither of them were very efficient, and that's why I don't want to really be starting either of them. You really can't be trusting Miles Gaskin either. I mean, he's going up against the Ravens' defense. He had 20 carries for 34 yards against Houston, which is far from ideal, but he did have six catches. He might be trying to get involved a little bit through the air. While Ahmed did not play at all, and he had four carries for six yards, so you don't have to worry about Ahmed at all. Next up is Bills and Jets. The Bills are only giving up 85 rushing yards per game, while the Jets are giving up the sixth most. Zach Moss is out this game. He's got a concussion, it's been confirmed, and Devin Singletary will be getting a huge chunk of the yards. He didn't have a great rushing outing last week, but he did have eight targets, and he played 72% of the snaps. I'm expecting that to be closer to 80, 85 this week, and the targets will still be there if they need it. I don't expect them to. I expect them to go up quick on the Jets, so it could be a lot of yards on the ground for Devin Singletary. On the other hand, I do expect Michael Carr to be very involved in this game. Like I said, I think the Jets are going to go down early, and they're going to be doing a ton of screen passes to their running backs, most specifically Michael Carter. Carter had 13 carries last week, and he had 37 yards receiving. That's the most important stat, especially with Mike White. Mike White loves to be using those checkdown backs. Remember when they played against Cincinnati? Michael Carter tore it up. He ripped that stat sheet in half. I'm expecting that kind of outing again this week. I don't expect Ty Johnson to be getting a ton of the work because he's essentially been phased out. It's Michael Carter's job. They're very similar backs, so why use both? Michael Carter is going to be the guy. I'm expecting a very good output from Michael Carter. Another early game, we've got the Saints and the Titans. Both defenses do quite well on the ground. The Saints have the best run defense in the NFL. They're only allowing 73 rushing yards per game, while the Titans have the 8th, and they're allowing just under 100. Last week, Alvin Kamara had 13 carries for 50 yards, but most importantly, 7 targets, which is something that they might be catering forward again. I mean, Trevor Simeon, Taysom Hill, these guys are going to be doing these dumb passes, right? And that's exactly what Alvin Kamara feasts on. He didn't practice today, though, so that's something that we need to monitor. If he doesn't play, Mark Ingram is going to be a beast. Mark Ingram had 9 carries for 43 yards and 5 targets of his own last week. So if Kamara doesn't play, fire up Ingram. On the Titans side of the ball, obviously Derrick Henry's out. He might not be playing at all this season. I'm thinking that the Titans are going to try and rest him until the playoffs start, and not just the fantasy playoffs, the playoff playoffs, the real important ones. And it's wild how Derrick Henry used to get, you know, 25, 26 carries per game. And with him being out, that went to three different backs. Adrian Peterson had 10 carries, McNichols had 7, Deonta Foreman had 5. That right there is only 22 carries. So the Titans ran the ball less with three guys than they usually do with just one. That's not exactly a ringing endorsement for these three backs, and not one of them really took off. I'm expecting a bit of a barn burner here between Detroit and Pittsburgh. Detroit has the fourth worst rushing defense, while Pittsburgh's kind of middle of the pack. A lot of people perceive Pittsburgh to have an incredible run defense because, you know, they've got Cam Hayward, and they've got TJ Watt, but they're 15th, so they're right in the middle there. DeAndre Swift, I'm expecting another good game from him, though. It seems like he's almost matchup proof. 
He plays 70% of the snaps, and he's coming off of his worst game and a bye. So we're going to be firing him up here, and Jamal Williams is still expected to be out. So this could be a big DeAndre Swift opportunity here. Najee Harris, you have to play him. Ben just feeds him the rock. He plays 80-plus percent of the snaps every single week. He gets 20 touches almost every single game. Actually, every game since week two, and he's scored a touchdown every week since week three. Najee Harris is now an auto start. If we haven't figured that out already, going forward, you can't have him on your bench. Now, an in-division matchup between Jacksonville and the Colts, and both of these teams' defenses are kind of middle of the road here. Jacksonville isn't half as bad as people assume it is, and you think that it would be because in the beginning of the season, teams were running wild on them, and they were up by you know two and three scores, so of course they were running the rock. But I guess if you know that the teams are going to be rushing against you, you know how to stop the play. That being said, James Robinson is expected to play. He sat out last week with a bruised heel. Carlos Hyde is back on the pie and you don't want to be starting him because when James Robinson's playing, he averages around 20 touches per game. He too is matchup proof because if they're up, he's rushing the ball. If they're down, he's got the hands to try and help and chip in and get into that end zone. Jonathan Taylor on the other side of the ball is incredibly talented. I honestly, with Derrick Henry out, I honestly think that Jonathan Taylor is the best running back in football. However, he doesn't get more than 20 touches a game and it's absolutely criminal. He's a beast and he scored a touchdown in every week since week three. Naheem Hines, he's a very decent play, especially if you're being you know stretched out and you need to play him in the flex. You just never really know what to expect. In my opinion, he gets too much work, but I'm not exactly Frank Reich. Now on to Tampa Bay and Washington. Tampa Bay, if you don't already know, has an incredible rushing defense second best in the league. They only allow 78 rushing yards per game, and they've got Leonard Fournette here. Lenny plays 60% of the snaps, and he always gets around 20 touches per game, and most importantly, they're all quality touches. Tom Brady always puts his running backs in a position to succeed, so either the Bucks are going to be up, and Fournette's going to have nice lanes to run through, or the Bucks are going to be down, and we can be using those hands. Leonard Fournette gets about five touches per game through the air, and we all know that Bruce Arians only wants to play Fournette. He doesn't like Keyshawn Vaughn. He doesn't like Ronald Jones. It's just the Fournette show back there. For Washington, Antonio Gibson not only has to play against Tampa Bay, but he's also injured. Sure, he's coming off of a bye, so a lot of people are expecting him to be healthy, but it's a shin injury, guys. It's not going anywhere. He's played less than 60% of the snaps in every week since week two, and in week eight before the bye, he only played 33% of the snaps. JD McKissick, I think, is going to be a great pass-catching option this week because I expect Washington to go down and go down early. And Jared Patterson is a definite hold because we don't know what to expect. Gibson will be going down again soon, we just don't know when. So when he does, we want to be ready for it. Another good game here is going to be Cleveland and New England. Nick Chubb is probably out with COVID. John Kelly's probably out with COVID. Demetric Felton's probably out with COVID. Kareem Hunt's out with a hamstring, which means Dearness Johnson. Dearness Johnson a couple weeks ago had 22 carries for over 130 yards and a touchdown. If this is the case, he's an auto start because he has an awesome O-line. They just signed Petonio. They just signed Tucker. These are guys that you want to be running behind. Dearness Johnson will have another opportunity to showcase what he is capable of doing. For New England, Damian Harris might be out. Ramondre Stevenson might be out. And if that's the case, who do you play? You can't play Brandon Bolden. You can't play J.J. Taylor. These are both pass-catching backs. I'd expect the Patriots to bring up somebody. I really don't know who's available. However, I do think that one of those two backs named earlier, Harris or Stevenson, will be good enough to play, and they will be our answer. A high-scoring affair is expected between Atlanta and the Cowboys. You cannot be starting Mike Davis. We've tried this once, twice, three times. It just hasn't worked. But you can be starting Cordero Patterson. He's an auto-start too right now, simply because he's got dual eligibility on a lot of platforms, so you can be using him as a wideout as well. Ezekiel Elliott we know is an auto start. Tony Pollard is a decent flex. He's somebody that you can be treating like Naheem Hines where if given the opportunity, he's a rock star. It's just he might not always be worth that opportunity. I'm one of those guys that loves to grind Ezekiel Elliott into the ground. 
I would also love to be driving Jonathan Taylor harder. So yes, if Tony Pollard gets opportunities, he will probably chip in for more than five yards per carry. The Carolina Panthers go on the road to play against the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray sat out again today with that ankle injury, but Christian McCaffrey is back and that's a big one. If McCaffrey is back, he's an auto start. You don't need to play anybody other than McCaffrey. McCaffrey is one of those guys where, where you could honestly play McCaffrey and have a bye week running back too and still win your matchup. He is that capable of just running your show. And if he's playing, you really can't consider starting Chupa Hubbard. For the Cardinals, Chase Edmonds out for four to six weeks, which means that James Conner is an easy start. Both the Panthers and the Cardinals are kind of a middle-of-the-road rushing defense, so James Conner can be trusted as an RB1. Eno Benjamin is another hold option. We want to see what his role is expected to be, and in a game against the Carolina Panthers, we're going to learn a lot. Now off to LA, where Minnesota will be playing the Chargers. The Chargers are giving up a league-worst 162 rushing yards per game. That is criminal. I had no idea that they were that bad. I knew that they were bad. I didn't know that they were 160 yards bad. Minnesota has Dalvin Cook, who's a top three running back in the league right now. Dalvin Cook, amid all the terrible headlines, it doesn't look great, but I am not Roger Goodell, so I'm expecting Dalvin Cook to play. If he's playing, you can expect 100 plus yards from him on the ground. Alexander Madison is somebody that we need to wait and see because if something comes down Saturday or Sunday morning with Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison is going to get all those rushing yards and all that opportunity. He's even got good hands through the air. Now to combat that, Austin Eckler is RB3 on the year. He's an auto start. He only got three targets last week in a game where the Chargers scored three touchdowns. I don't understand why he wasn't getting targets against Philly, but he wasn't. You can be sure that he's going to be getting fed this week because that's just what the Chargers do. Going into the bye, Keenan Allen was complaining he wasn't getting targets. He's had 24 targets since the bye in two games. Austin Eckler is going to get the same treatment. The Seahawks go out to Green Bay this week, where both teams are giving up over 110 rushing yards per game. Chris Carson has been activated to return, but I'm not expecting him to play. He did practice Wednesday, but to what extent, we don't know. I don't love starting Alex Collins. I thought I would, but I really don't. Aaron Jones is an auto start. We know this. He's matchup proof. Even if he's only getting 53 yards like he did last week, he's capable of a home run every single time he touches the ball. He had a four-touchdown game earlier this year. A.J. Dillon is an awesome flex play. I really like his opportunities, especially when he's getting 8 to 14 carries a game. That's dynamite. And now we have a big mess on both sides of the ball here with both Philadelphia and Denver. Denver has the sixth best rushing defense, and they're only giving up 98 running yards per game. Miles Sanders is out. Jordan Howard is in. Jordan Howard was just signed off the practice squad again after he had a 17 carry for 71 yard performance and a touchdown. He had two touchdowns in week eight, so why wasn't he already signed? Although Boston Scott played really well against Detroit, he fell victim to Jordan Howard and his success last week, and Kenneth Gainwell fell victim to both Jordan Howard and Boston Scott. So I'm not expecting anything from Gainwell, I'm not really expecting anything from Scott, and if a running back is capable of doing it, it will be Jordan Howard, but again, they're playing against Denver. Denver likes to grind out games, and they've got a great running attack as is. Melvin Gordon had a huge game, he's a start this week. Javante Williams had a huge game, he's a start this week. He actually leads the league in missed tackles and not just tackle percentage. He actually leads the league in just missed tackles in general. And he only plays about 50% of the snaps. Imagine if he was getting fed like he should. The Sunday Nighter should be a good game because not only is it in division, but the team split the record one and one last year. However, Vegas gives up the fifth most rushing yards per game at 134 per game. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is out. Darrell Williams last week looked really good. He had 19 carries and four targets. Derek Gore took a big backseat. You know, in week eight, we were getting worried, like, who is this Derek Gore guy? But again, he barely played in week nine. It's the Daryl Williams show. I'm expecting a lot from Daryl Williams. However, I could see an instance where Patrick Mahomes is like, no, I've got too many guys doubting me here. I'm just going to sling the rock. 
Sorry, Daryl Williams. It's going to Tyreek. It's going to Kelsey. It's going to Byron Pringle. I'm scoring touchdowns here, not you. Josh Jacobs, on the other hand, had 13 carries, four targets, 95 yards last week, and Kenyon Drake just balled out. I'm expecting a big Kenyon Drake game here. I think he could be an awesome weapon as a flex. Sure, he only had four carries for 30 yards, though. That's seven and a half per clip, but he had eight targets for 70 yards last week. I'm expecting Patrick Mahomes to come out guns a-blazing, put up points early, and I'm expecting the Vegas Raiders to have to play catch-up. Insert Kenyon Drake and his hands out of the backfield. Big opportunity for him to be scoring some points here. And the Monday Nighter is also an in-division game between the Rams and the 49ers. Daryl Henderson looked mortal last week. 11 carries, 4 targets, 58 yards. Sony Michelle, you cannot be starting him. Daryl Henderson, you can consider it. You're going to be starting Daryl Henderson. Expect low RB1, high RB2 numbers because the 49ers are giving up 30 more rushing yards per game than the Rams. And for the 49ers, Mostert is out. We knew that since week one. Elijah Mitchell only had eight carries last week. Both Trey Sermon and Jeff Wilson were inactive last week. Jamichael Hasty only had four touches and one carry. And Kyle Juszczyk only had two touches. So it's going to be Elijah Mitchell or Jeff Wilson Jr. This could be his first game back. I'm only considering starting Elijah Mitchell as an RB2, maybe as a flex. Both Trey Sermon and Jeff Wilson are holds to kind of wait and see. Maybe Shanahan's going to get them involved, but who knows? We can never trust Kyle Shanahan. And that's it for this week, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Please like, comment, subscribe to the YouTube channel at TJF Football. Please make sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Instagram at TJF Football. Thanks and have a great week 10.